Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Narson for the Basque Country Stage 2 recap. We've had no breaks with World Tour Cycling seemingly forever, but this stage race is delivering already a nasty Stage 2 with an interesting finish, 154Ks from Zara to Sestao. And all these climbs, I thought, I said yesterday, they look easy, sort of 4.1Ks, 4%, 3.8Ks, 5.9%, 2Ks, 6%. But they all have really steep pinches in them. A lot of them are really narrow. It was raining and then it stopped raining today. It was cold at the start and the ride, the roads were half drying out as they were riding on them. Then there was the main climb of the day, La Sturiana, 7.5Ks, 6.2%. But the first 3Ks were the steepest uh, with 8.2%, 9%, and 11% for the third K of the climb. Flattened out at the top. And then you have a technical, I'm talking, whew, I'll show the, in the YouTube video how twisty it was, but super technical running to the finish with multiple hairpins, very narrow, poor road surface, and then a short flat section before an 800-meter, 7.5% kick to the line in Sestau. Quite a nice stage design, albeit a little bit sketchy in the rain. Uh, Roglic. In the leader's jersey, Benji, did you think Yumbo really needed to do anything today? They needed to – there wasn't much to gain for them really, was there? I think a stage win yeah. could have been uh, Bonus sustainable. Bonus true. But um, I think we both had a bit of an idea once it started getting pretty yeah. rainy that that might be troublesome. We've had a history with Roglic, or at least Roglic has a history with rain where it's probably not rain-related, but it's due to the technicalities of – the consequence of the roads in the sense being more treacherous that he's either a bit more stressed or less likely to try stuff on those stages because he's like, okay, let's not show it away with a crash on yeah. the descent and fuck up my entire season here. So yeah, we had that in mind, but uh, I thought when I saw the breakaway go away, which was not really an important breakaway no. of the day, that I didn't see it happening for the breakaway, and I expect the peloton to fight over it. And uh, there was one team that took control pretty much for the majority yep. of the race, and it was uh, <laughs> Team Movistar. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Movistar. Why? Well, I don't have I don't have too much criticism for them today, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Me neither. And we'll get to what happened on the final climb. But yeah, that break, as Benji said, not threatening. They got given three, four minutes. Movistar kept it in check. Yumbo committed, I think, Thingston as well to help chase Roglic is in a unfortunately it doesn't mismatch too badly his black rain jacket <laughs> and yellow kit it's not like the uh mutant ninja turtle welter stuff Vingegaard was in the green jersey but uh yeah those two I thought they were going to keep Vingegaard close on GC uh Valverde for stage win potentially and Astana without a win this year with a lot of Basque riders in the Basque region in the rain got to be one for them. But anyway, Movistar brought that break back. It became a massive run into the finish 
in the with 25 k's to go. They brought the gap to about 40 seconds. There was a lone escapee left in that break. Uh, I think for the Burgos rider Oscar Cabedo, he got onto the climb. We'd seen Lushenko on the left hand side riding as domestique for Freyle, Aramburu, Yonizagire, and Fulsang for Astana. Amador on the right hand side for Ineos, and Gegenhardt as well pulling for a short while, protecting Adam Yates. Eddie Dunbar, don't know where he went today. He was protecting Yates' wheel, but I didn't see him since then before the base of the climb. Roglic pretty much just had Vingelgaard the minute they hit the base and it kicked off pretty early. If you wanted to attack, you had to do it early. We got that, I think, because of the TT yesterday and Bogaccia losing time. What did you see in maybe the second or third hairpin, Benji, when they were just about to catch Cabedo? They were just about to catch the rider and, well, they had Carapaz riding near the front and Carapaz went into the uh, hairpin and... Well, it didn't really turn out very well because he ended up hitting the deck. He slid out in the corner. And who was in second wheel there was Pogacar. In front of him, and yeah. And Pogacar was in front yes. of him? Pogacar was in front of oh, him with okay. Godou. Uh, so Carapaz let his wheel go. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically, yeah, Carapaz basically launched an attack for Pogacar. <laughs> That's how we saw yeah. it. But um, yeah, Pogacar, there's no real unwritten rule here because yeah it's not really uh, a leader that's on the ground or something so uh Karapas hits the floor Pogacar gets a bit of a gap and he's like I should I should use this yeah and he tries to push a bit more watts to get a bit of a gap Godou tries to follow and those two have a bit of a gap of like five to ten seconds but in the peloton it was uh Ineos taking over once again trying to keep that tempo and keep that gap as little as possible and slowly but surely trying to get it back well, as well. Which right away? Well, it was Yates. No, no, it was Yates doing it for himself. Was it Yates? It was, well, first okay. Enric Mas. Enric Mas, mm-hmm. correctly, this is why I didn't want to criticize Movistar today because they correctly, with Mas losing so much time on GC, they were running for Valverde stage win correctly. They spent Mas at the front chasing down the Pagacha Godou move. And those two were working in tandem pretty well. Godou maybe needing a little bit too much encouragement to pull through. I think he should have been. He was a bit too reluctant, actually. And no. Mars pulls off. Balverde doesn't pull. Yates starts to do it himself. And then it's Mike Wood's big bridge across to Pagacha and Godu. It leveled off a little bit. And I've got no photos for you because it was so narrow. They had the motorbikes out of there, no uh, press photographers, just a live broadcast. And it was so sketchy. All comes back together. Roglic is in the drops. I'm like, oh, is he going to counter? Is he going to counter? There was a counter from a Kaharu Rail rider. Other riders are looking at each other. And then I think it was Shakman. Big move with Igita and McNulty. Or maybe Roglic was with one of them. But Roglic bridged across, just in the saddle, seated, not a big attack. Someone lost, let his wheel go. And so we had four riders about two-thirds of the way up this climb with 2Ks left. McNulty, two seconds behind Roglic on GC with a good TT. Roglic in the leader's jersey, finger guard behind. Sharkman trying to gain time, and Egita presumably going for the stage win after a bad TT. About yes. this, so we have a situation where Roglic is bridging together with Sharkman, and McNulty is with that as well. Pogacar sees that and decides not to follow that attack. Do you think he decided? Because McNulty, his teammate, yeah, he he sat up. Really, he looked and he sat up. 
and he did not respond while being on the first line, so he was able to respond. But um, I don't think it's a good idea. Eventually, no. might not have turned out too badly, but on paper, if you're a team like UAE, you won't be betting your cards on McNulty in a group with Roglic. Definitely because, well, Roglic will eventually outsprint him if this comes down to a four-man sprint. And in the coming stages, I think McNulty's going to have a much harder time than a Pogacar. So I think that was uh, trying to be clever by Pogacar, but I don't think it would have been uh, too great if that group stayed up front. But did they? Let's, no, uh, no. and let's hold that. We'll talk about that at the end. McNulty, is he a real GC prospect at the moment? But I agree, he's not. Hey, Roglic is not worried about McNulty in the group. I mean, that's a good outcome for them. Pogac is behind. Yeah. So riders on GC behind work to bring them back. Like they brought it to about 10 seconds. They get to the crest of the climb. We realize, wow, this descent is so technical. <laughs> Bell Bow goes on the front. Uh, the rider for Bahrain, victorious. He's good in the wet. We saw him in stage 10 of the Giro last year, that rainy stage Sagan one, the hilly one. Bill Bow was really good in the rain. He starts descending and drops, I think, everyone except Freyla off the wheel and Roglic is leading the GC or the four riders to the front and he gets caught in about five minutes on this descent, maybe less, by Bill Bow. They catch up to them so quickly. And I think it's partly, as Benji said at the top of the podcast, Roglic doesn't want to ruin his season in the Basque Country Stage 2 IT, uh, descent, especially after Paranese. So he's not going to go full. Shuckman maybe similarly. Higita is he the best descender anyway. And McNulty was going fine, but they weren't working too well. They got caught, and it was pretty much Astana Benji, I think, leading through this descent. They had Freyle, Izagiri, Aramburu, full sang in this group, four riders. No one else had many teammates, only Carthy and Higita and Vingegaard and Roglic. And they bossed the front. They're all good in the wet, particularly Izagiri. And what happened at the bottom? Short valley before the next ascent, and it was Astana attack time. Yes, it was Astana attack time. And, uh, well, the legend himself, Alex Aramburu, was sitting in that group and he was looking He was looking at all the other riders and was like, these riders ain't looking too good. I, I, I'm so the best rider on, on this entire... Uh, <laughs> well, Freyla teed him up first. And <laughs> yeah that's true but you gotta give the man credit you know the goat himself okay. <laughs> he came to the front and fraletied him up and eventually Aramburu with a majestic attack out of nowhere everybody <gasps> surprised it was really well timed to be fair the, uh, it was really yeah. well timed it's also one of those typical descending attacks where it's it's a bit of a situation where that group doesn't necessarily have someone that's taking on the uh, responsibility yeah. of of doing the chasing or doing the uh, the riding themselves, and then Aramburu just has a a chance to get away because nobody in GC is going to exactly. care if Aramburu gets away because on paper he would not be a danger for the coming stages. And uh, so, like, is it an attack? It was. You think they? It, Keldon was sitting yeah. at the front. I think he saw his Aramburu, and he sat up. Ten second gap immediately. Yeah. It was on a descent where you needed to pedal. It wasn't. It was a flatter section. Um, I think that really played into it. If it was is they would have chased it back as well as obviously any other GC threat. And he built that gap up. They then went into another descending section. There was a really short section where the Astana guys rolled attacks that was flatter uh, before this next descent. And then, yeah, he got onto that. He was descending on the hoods, but still way quicker than the uh, peloton behind. Really stable, taking the corners really quick, but 
not sketchy at all. Every time he hit a white line, I was like, oh, but still gained it out to like 35, 40 seconds. We got the 700-meter pinch at the end, and it was really only Keldum and Chasing, who'd crashed, by the way, before the final climb. He His right hand was bleeding everywhere. So yeah, I think he was chasing for Sharkman's GC slash stage win. Eventually, Carthy paced for Egita's stage win, I think. But no real... I think Vingegaard went back to Roglic and said, do you want me to pace? And Roglic was like, nah, why do I care? Like, we're going to gain on him on the climb. He's not even going to be in the virtual GC or in the leader's jersey afterwards. And even if he was in the leader's jersey by five seconds, what's the Tiamo Visma? So I'll let Benji call the last 500 metres because it is his man. Alexander Budu moves into the last <laughs> 500 metres with a good gap of 20 to 30 seconds. The group behind, well, yeah. Bora was spacing in there, but Astana riders in second and yeah, third true. position means they're blocking the tempo a tiny bit. If the first rider decides it's over, then those two are going to be like, okay, it's no, I'm not going to take over. But eventually, Bora swing the round in the peloton, but a uh, a pace there for uh, their men didn't really work out because the legend himself at the front, Alexander Buru, was uh, getting a bit of a neck pain from looking behind every single second where the others were, but he was so powerful he couldn't see them. And he uh, he went into the final 200 meters and he was able to celebrate so, so wildly in the last uh, one meter. And <laughs> he didn't even victory. post up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was too tired. <laughs> so um, eventually, uh, Adam Buru won. The one day that I didn't expect him to win, <laughs> he wins. And you didn't bet on him. <laughs> he, yeah, I didn't bet on him either. <laughs> and like afterwards, we... Uh, I obviously had to post it on Twitter, Adam Buru, yeah. And I asked, um, I don't know if you, you guys know uh, this person on, on Twitter, Pro Cycling Trumps. It's a guy that usually makes like cycling cards or uh, a canvas with a cyclist and like uh, animated stuff. And he made a mock-up of what it would look like in my uh, in my setup here if I had Adam Buru written on the wall. So I'm going to try and hope that you can see <laughs> Benji, this. Benji, <laughs> you know I can edit the... Image yeah, I know. The YouTube video. You can send me the <laughs> actual this file. This is more authentic, man. Okay. <laughs> this is more authentic, man. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Benji awesome clearly stuff. doesn't know I'm what I'm going to try and get afterwards. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, technology. Don't have a clue. All right. Is that his first ever pro win, Benji? Aaron Brew? I should know this. I should know this. I should know this. I think it's his first World Tour win, and it's uh, no, not his no, first yeah, pro sorry. win. First of a world to a level. He won win. a circuit or the whatever. Yeah. Um, and he won a stage in Vuelta Burgos on 2019. So he's done some decent stuff, but this is the big stuff. Yep. And uh, he's ready to conquer the world now. Uh, this is not the first one. Well, this is the first world to win, but it won't be the last one because he's going to win a Grand Tour stage this season. I'm calling it. I think that's a good shout. I mean, Vuelta, I'd like him for a lot of stages, Benji. He, yeah, he's really good. So. In uh in 2019, I uh, went on to this like uh, not a betting thing but a prediction thing where we guessed all these stages and so forth. And I put Adam Buru second on like on like five stages or three stages or whatever, and he landed up getting second on like two or three instances. Then the love for Adam Buru is just it's unbeatable, it's undying. It's my third favorite rider now. So reading out the results for this stage, Freyla made in a starter one two. He won the sprint for second. Pagacha taking four bonus seconds, sprinting for third. Roglic a little bit out of position. Godu fourth. Woods fifth. Roglic sixth. Schachmann seventh. Landa eighth. Egita ninth. Valverde tenth. 
And I think guys getting gapped who are on GC, McNulty lost another four seconds to that group, as well as Ingegaard, Buchmann, Fulsang, Keldum, and Shavers. Uh, Shavers kind of done. Enric Maas lost a lot of time. <laughs> um, he is she. Twenty eighth, forty seconds back, thirty five seconds back. Paulson Efroy, thirty five in that group with him. So, yeah, not good for Paulson Efroy. I, I didn't expect him. This is not a stage for him. He's a pure puncher. He's not good with the climb like they had beforehand. Um, trying to look at any other Ulysse. Maybe it was a little bit hard from that final climb. But that's about it. I think Yamba Visma a little bit concerning. Uh, Roglic isolated so early, so quickly. And Vingegaard was hanging on in that group, but not really able to pull for him. Now, Roglic should be able to look after himself, but they got lucky today. Well, not lucky. It didn't really matter. But Movistar paced the break. So what happens in a rainy, similar stage later in the week when there's people in the break who aren't as unconcerning or non-threatening on GC, i.e. Yon Izaguirre, who's going to pace, are Yamba going to be able to do it. Second, after the climb, no one was pacing. Now maybe Vingegaard could have, but food for thought, things to think of. I think UAE were trying to do, as Benji said, keeping McNulty as a GC threat, and it's not, it's not really going to work because I went back and looked at all this data today over the last 18 months, McNulty, and he's still he's third on GC. And the Wasi can put out on the TT bike are crazy. Like he's 69 kilos. He did, I think, 6.5 watts per kilo, 6.4 watts per kilo for 18 minutes on the TT bike at Paranese and Catalonia. Big numbers. That's on the TT bike as well with some up and downs in those courses and some corners. And on the climbs, then I looked at stage three, the one Adam Yates won at Catalonia. And McNulty seems to struggle from 25 minutes onwards in these climbs and he can't hold. Coos held 5.8 and he held 5.7 for the last, say, eight minutes of that climb and he still got dropped. And McNulty was able to hold 5.6, 5.7 and then he dropped down to 5.4 for the last eight minutes of the climb and got dropped. He got distance, lost over a minute. And that seems to be a regular thing, lost over a minute on Porto. Now the next day, lost a lot of time on Piancavallo, all the climbs. You've got to remember, this guy put 250 seconds into Jai Hindley in the Giro in time trials and finished outside the top 10 on GC. So the climbing's the problem. Whether It's not even the watts per kilo either because the TT is watts per kilo crazy. It must be an endurance thing or maybe, I don't know. That's just what I've seen. Um, but do you think he's actually not that far away, Benji, from being one of those guys who goes from not winning too much to top five GC material in a climbing light TT heavy Tour de France? I think when it comes to the Tour de France parkour of 2021, it might be the most ideal parkour we've seen in years to fit to a rider like him. Because like we've mentioned already a few times before and you just a second ago, is that he's a good time trialist, very strong time trialist. When it comes to the mountains, he always loses time and he's just going to lose time because his weight is so much higher than his competition and he needs to improve a lot to try and improve that as well extra. So I don't know. I think that 
it's going to be unlikely that he's going to win something like Ovelta because those kind of walls and so forth really don't fit. He's likely going to have trouble to get into a top five of something like that as well. The Giro and the Tour de France fit him more when it comes to the climbing because that's a steady gradient. So I believe that he can keep that up. But I don't believe he's on the level of the really, really light climbers on the really long climbs and definitely on the steep ones. So when it comes to Grand Tour parkours, the only one that I've seen in recent years is the one that is coming up yep. in the Tour de France and he's on paper not going there. So I guess we're not going to find out if he could do well there. Because, well, Bogachar, of course, is their leader there, which is, is he not completely going? understandable. No, he's going on to the Giron paper, according to the uh, okay. uh, schedules I've heard. Right. I would have taken him to the Tour, for sure. I mean, you give him that Wiggins parkour, he'd be lethal on that parkour. Uh, even yeah. even as a helper for Pogacar, because like He's good in medium he's, mountains. He's the kind of rider that you can keep on pedaling at the front of the group when it's like uh, a really long and not super steep climb, then you can just yep. keep having him at the front of the group and set a tempo if you're in the yep. lead. So, yeah. For, for context, he's having to do 40 to 60 watts more than Kus on these climbs, absolute numbers, to do similar watts per kilo. So it's it's tough. And maybe, you know, this is Basque country. Maybe he's got a plan. If he drops two kilos, two and a half kilos, won't affect his T2 too much, but he'll go from get, losing a minute, 45 seconds on these mountain top finishes to being right there. It's Grant Thomas. You've already seen the script written before. Yeah, uh, it's pretty exactly. obvious. But on to tomorrow's stage, 168Ks from Amurio to Aram. Armalde, Armualde, Laudio, hilly, medium mountain, nasty stage, typical Basque country, typical Alejandro Valverde, Astana territory, steep climbs. We've got 2.6Ks, 7% early doors in the first 15Ks, then 3.5Ks, 5.6%, and constant rolly climbs. And not, not a lot of them are categorised. The finale, the last 23, 24 kilometres, is 2.1 k's at 5.7 percent, but again undulating. Then 2.7 k's at 5.9 percent, and then the finale, the wall, 3.1 k's, 10.2 percent at the end. And there's 500 meter sections. There's a k at 14.6 percent. So who you picks, Benji? <laughs> Break, GC, GC, and my pick is Roglic on this one. Yep. Um, reason being that when it comes to Pogacar, the issue at hand is that he is behind one, so he needs to attack. And if he waits till the last climb to attack tomorrow, then I find it unlikely that he's going to drop Roglic. Roglic is better than him on the this. The climb is basically made for Roglic. And he'd need to go on the climbs beforehand, but then the question is, can he, uh, can he keep that up? Will Roglic follow on those previous climbs? What will happen? We saw that he or she is clearly not strong enough to be a co-leader in this Basque country where we were thinking about that yesterday, yeah. but it's clear that that's not the case. So uh, Pogacar is their only rider that they can win this Basque country with. And from what I've seen so far from his attacks today and so forth, I don't have confidence that it's going to be too easy to do so. So I'm thinking that Roglic is ideal for the majority of the upcoming stages when it comes to the finishes. And the way for Pogacar to put Roglic in danger 
is more likely to happen if he goes early than if he waits till the last climb every time. Yeah, I mean, look at Puy Marie last year. Look at stage or oh, seven or nine of the Welter 2019, the nasty wall with Valverde when he just won ahead of Roglic and they dropped Pagatra, I think. Look at Paul de la Lowe's on the steep sections. Roglic gapped Pagatra right at the end. I think he's better than Pagatra on the really steep stuff, uh, particularly these eight to 15-minute climbs. He is the best in the world and... Yep, favourite for the stage tomorrow. I don't really see. Like Valverde's not on. Woods Benji? I mean, he looked okay. Look, No, look looked good today. He's looked good this season. It, it really works out for Woods this one, yeah. this climb, yes. But um, His team is. it's clearly going to be Aramburu once again. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, Astana, do you think we've got these little climbs beforehand? Do Astana try and break it up, threaten Yumbo Visma's team strength on that? climb just beforehand uh, that's where we might see attacks that's what benji mentioned with pagacha if you don't want to go there with roglic stress him out those climbs are where people should try and launch something and then it can become turn out just like today we can have a rinse and repeat of today that's what i'd do if i was astana but maybe with someone like Izagiri, better climber than aaron brew over a longer climb Freile. Freile, yes i i i think the likes of a Freile could think, likes of a Lutsenko, but the issue is that... Nah, he's more long. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that Freyla would fit best for the attack and keep Izagiri for the final climb. But Izagiri is just not that close in GC as well, so he needs to do other stuff as well. So I don't know if that strategy of waiting till the last climb is going to help out Izagiri too much. David Guru can win this stage tomorrow. He just needs to be patient. He's a minute 15 behind... Roglic on GC, I think if he attacks, if he stays with them and conserves as much energy as possible, Roglic won't be too fussed about him going with the last 500 metres and he might get a little bit of a leash. So Godu tomorrow, he looked good today, moved with the Pagacha and then he still came fourth in the finish. Uh, what about Adam Yates, Benji? Steep stuff. Not a long climb. We know he's good on it- her feet. How do you rate him on climbs like this? I think it fits him. I generally believe that it fits him. Um, I um, don't agree. Don't see him dropping Roglic at all on this one. So the only way that a Pogacar and Yates can do something here is attacking early or at the f- single foot of the climb oh. at the end. But that's already hard. Pogacar's got way more chance than Yates in my view. I think Pagacha can still be there with Roglic at the end and if Roglic makes a tactical mistake or leads them out um, and then Pagacha comes around at the end, Pagacha can win. But Yates, it'll be interesting to see. It's interesting because we'll, yeah. we'll need to know think, for the tour, yeah? I think the, the time trial is what's like keeping me uh, a bit astray when it comes to Pogacha. I, I don't know, the time trial gave me a bit of a, uh, yeah, it made me scared about Pogacar in the upcoming days. I don't yeah, know why, but I don't trust him 100%. <laughs> Mistake. Never rule out Pogacar. Someone <laughs> write that down. Benji ruled out Tadej Pogacar. But I like- That's not true. <laughs> he said he can't win the two. He's washed. <laughs> and should retire. All right. We like Roglic for tomorrow. And uh, let's see how it goes. Thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you tomorrow. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 